It is June 19th. I am Buffy Gorilla on The Constant Investor, and I'm speaking with curious investor Maria Townsend. Good morning, Maria. Tell me a little bit about what you do in life. Ah, what I do in life is very interesting. Um, I'm from a cattle station in the Northern Territory. We've left that behind several years ago and now living in the Clare Valley um, with interest in the wine industry. And was it sad to leave the Northern Territory and the cattle? Yes, we, we own cattle. We still own cattle, but they uh, are now housed in Queensland and we are now living in the, in the beautiful wine-growing area of Clare, just perfect spot. And how did you decide to make that transition from cattle to wine? Uh, it was a gradual one. Um, we... Whilst we had cattle, we um, did invest in a vineyard and then then a winery. And so when we left the Territory and progressed via Brisbane, we thought this was the best place to be in Clare so that we can get involved again with something in the prime industry area. Was the winery that you invested in, was it up in the Northern Territory or is it in the region that you're at now? It's in the Riverland area. And for someone who isn't familiar with Australian geography, could you pinpoint the Riverland area oh, for me a little bit? Okay. Um, if you think of Barry on the Murray River, almost on the border of um, South Australia and I think New South Wales, near Renmark. Okay, yes, I've Renmark, heard of that Renmark, yes. Yeah. And are you growing numerous vintages at the moment? No, we don't grow vintages. We just grow wine. Uh, and as the winery is a service industry, so we just process the grapes and store them for the owners, for the growers. So it sounds like you've got some excellent experience with different sorts of investments with cattle and wine. Which one do you feel was the more lucrative of the investments, or is it too early to tell with the wine? I think the the wine is just starting to come into its own. The cattle has has had its peaks and had its troughs and, and is now in a peak area again. The cattle industry is something interesting because there's probably, historically, there's more value in the land than the cattle. But that is that seems to be reversed at the moment when they're finally getting good prices for their beef at the abattoir and for live export. And do you feel like you might have gotten out of the cattle industry a little too soon? We may have, um, but it was for health reasons for my husband that we got out. <laughs> Good reasons. So what other investments do you and your husband have then, Maria? And are you the primary investor? Uh, I'm the primary share investor. I'm, I've always been interested in shares. Um, I'm, I was trying to think how far back, and I think it must have been in the early 80s, and Paul Clitheroe used to write in one of the women's magazines and I used to read that and think, this is, sounds really interesting. And when I um, finished with the public service in mid-80s, I used that superannuation money and invested in some of the shares that he recommended, uh, which was NAB, um, BHP and Amcor. And I realised I've still got those shares and that's nearly 30 years ago. Um, I've just left them there, sort of bottom in bottom of the drawer shares, and they've done quite well for me. But that's as far as I go with long-term investments. 
because I'm really uh, a technical trader. I'm a chart trader. Uh, unlike Alan, who um, doesn't even look at a chart, I can't think of anything. Um, it just goes against my grain not to look at a chart. And I know fundamental traders, they look at the fundamentals and if it's good, they just go and buy. But I've got to go and look at the chart and if it's going south, well, there's no way I could buy that share. I have to see that it's in an upward trend before I buy it. How long do you spend looking at each of the stocks before you'll buy them? I usually do it weekly and Saturday morning is my day to um, look at the shares. The markets have closed both in the U.S. and um, in Australia. Um, I really enjoy trading the U.S. market. Um, I got into that um, just in the last 10 years and it's a bigger market and I find I've done much better in the American market than the Australian market. And what do you think that is? Just the size or, I don't know, speculate for me, Maria. <laughs> I think better choices. You know, when Australia's going well, it's, it goes well, as does the US. But Australia's sort of faltered in the last 10 years. It sort of has fits and starts. And if you hit it right, you could do well. I have done well on, on Australian shares. Um, but I enjoy the American market. And just of late, I enjoy the Forex market, which is something I've recently got into and learning with LTG Goldrock. How much time do you spend learning then? I do a bit of learning. You know, I, I was thinking how far back I went in when I started learning and it probably was in, um, oh, mid, probably about 2008, I started learning about charting and share trading with Alan Hull and I spent a whole year um, going down to Melbourne from Darwin every month and learning with him and so he set the foundation of, of how I've learned to trade and to be a technical trader and then I learned from Louise Bedford. I did that six-month um, training with Louise and Chris Tate. And, and then then progress on um, in the last uh, probably five years or six years, I've, I came across this fellow called Courtney Smith in America and he taught me about the US market and then introduced me to Forex futures and options I've done the U.S. equity. I love that. I, I like to trade the NASDAQ market, just the, the NASDAQ index. And and I enjoyed Forex, and that's why I'm, I'm learning again through LTG Goldrock. I feel that you never stop learning. And, um, and I also learned how to do options and the basic type of options. So I've got quite a big repertoire and it depends on the stock and depends on you know the timing of the market the seasons of the market uh, when, which ones I do What are you doing at the moment with the seasons and the timing? Well at the moment I felt with the equities it's time to get out which I did early May and it's pro- that was probably timely. I did very well getting out then um, you know you always have a little bit more to gain but then the market's sort of starting to steady off now and seasonally and traditionally May going into May is when the market starts to wane a bit. 
So what are some of the best pieces of advice that you've received from all of these different trainers and teachers that you've had that you can impart with our constant investor community? Okay, well, (laughs) what I learned from Alan Hull was moving averages on a chart, and I I use them today still, um, and I like the 50 and the 200 uh, moving average as a guidance to my entry into shares. Um, Louise taught me about candlesticks and having a macro indicator, which basically is if this macro indicator uses moving averages and if the market, the index says um, no, then you don't even contemplate going into shares or buying shares. And if it says yes, then go for it. And then um, Courtney Smith He's he's taught me about the American market and he taught me how to do um, breakout trading and trend analysis. And um, the other thing I learned is don't just look at a daily chart. you just got to look at the big picture like a monthly chart before you make your decision. So there's just lots of little tricks and, ha- and to have a trading plan and to follow it and to keep track of your trading. And also to realise that when you place a trade, and I think Paul Tudor Jones said this, that um, every time I place a trade, um, I expect to lose. So, and, and you have to expect to lose sometime. But when you, when you win, you win big time. Because I always have a stop. I always have a, um, a stop with my trades. And what is the stop? Um, I usually use a 1% um, stop. Um, so I only risk 1% of my total capital um, on, a, on a trade. So if, if um, the, stop, the trade does go against me, then I'm only risking 1%. And I will always abide by that stop. You know, if, if it hits it, it, I've got a stop in place and it automatically gets stopped out. Just doesn't keep falling. <laughs> Sounds very responsible. <laughs> And how diverse is your portfolio? Are you in terms of the different companies that you're looking at? Um, well, it's probably more towards um, the American market and how I choose my stocks in the American market. There's a group of stocks called the Pitbulls of the Dow. I use them, but I also use a filter. There's a filter you can get on internet called Finviz and I select my parameters of what what I want in a stock, and what comes up is what I look at. Um, and with the Australian shares, I'll I'll use Alan Hull. I also go through the ASX 200 shares, and especially with the Australian stocks, I'll also use Scaffold as a tool to confirm where that where that stock is in regards to being overbought. Um, or not, and what rating scaffold gives it. I, I do use that as a tool, but I don't trade totally on scaffold. It sounds like you could put this into your very own ebook, the <laughs> strategies of investing. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Are there any books that you've read that you would recommend to our listeners? For technical trading, and I know a lot of Alan's listeners are more fundamental traders, but for technical trading, I've read all of Alan Hull's books. I've read Louise Bedford's books. I've read Market Wizards. And um, one book I'm 
want to read is um, Trading in the Zone. I think that's Mark Douglas. Um, and because what I enjoy about share trading, it's not about the actual trading of shares. It it's, tells me what's going on between my head. And because share trading is all about psychology. And and when you when you got the money on the table, that's when it's interesting to watch your behaviour. And I often find that if I start making silly mistakes, if I start um, not following my trading plan, then I need to step back, pull up, and then start looking what's happening in my life and get it back into gear and then go back in again. And and I have done that many a time. I need to pull up and get out and then take stock of what's happening. That sounds like excellent advice for all of us in all aspects of life, not just share yeah. trading. <laughs> well, um, I just find it fascinating what goes on your head in your head when you've got money on the table. And what is your ultimate financial outcome with your all of your investments? Well, of, of course, to make money, always to make money. And, and it's the sheer pleasure of trading. It's a sense of achievement um, that you've, you know, you've followed your plan. The shares are going well, um, ex- accepting the losses and that you'll make an income. You know, I, I like to make a little bit of income on the side that that's mine. I guess it's my way of contributing to our family in an income fashion. What is your best investment that you have made? It was with an American stock um, and I pyramid on it so many times. Did so well out of it. Um, it just went up and it kept going. it go up and then plateau and then go up again and plateau and go up again and plateau. And I kept that going for about six months and did extremely well out of it. And also I've done quite well out of some options. Um, you know, when, when an option goes really well, then you can really make some good money. Well, long may that continue. Maria, thank you for your time. Thank you, Buffy. It's been a pleasure. This is Buffy Gorilla on the ConstantInvestor.com, and I've been speaking with curious investor and wine entrepreneur Maria Townsend.